Dude, Dante. Man, it's good to be here. Excited, excited, man. The conversation that we're about to jump into, I can't wait to see where it goes. Like, it's crazy to think about that you and I are sitting in this room, Mm -hmm. right? An event brought us together Mm -hmm. unexpectedly. Yeah. Like this, like you call yourself an artist. Mm -hmm. You're an artist, you're doing music, you're on tour, you're doing your thing. And now you're sitting in a room with an older Hispanic chaplain at a media company. Like, <laughs> I don't even get how this works, but here yeah. we are. <laughs> and we're jumping into this conversation that both of us are excited about. Yeah. But who is this artist, Zanti? Who are you? Yeah. Um, I make music people want with a message that they need. Mm. I always wanted to make a difference. And I struggled for a long time with you know, worrying about other people's opinions. I think who I am now is who I needed when I was younger. And I feel like every person can step into that eventually. Who does younger you need? Um, I've been so dissatisfied uh, with just everything that life offers you. I was looking for answers and I didn't have anywhere to turn. And so I started to say, okay, I know I'm not alone in this. I know there's people who feel like me. How can I make music that makes them feel seen? and provide some kind of solution. Because I don't have this figured out. I'm walking through that life. Um, I'm hungry. I want this. I have vision. And I believe any time I get to walk that vision out, it can be an inspiration to others. Like, you matter. Don't give up. Because I started, you know, the three-hour drive to the show where I'm the opener and there's eight people in the audience to, you know, doing an arena tour or, you know, going out to a show that I'm headlining and it's packed out and we're mosh-pitting. Like, I, I've seen that journey. And I believe the only reason that it's worked is because God can use my story to inspire somebody else. Something you said, that's, that's crazy what you said. You said you wanted to be the you that the younger you needed. Mm-hmm. You, you're trying to be that person now. Yeah. And you just made me think, that's, that's what I'm trying to do too. Because like, mm-hmm. if I could have known back then what I know now, if I could have had the experiences that I have now back then, man, I would have definitely run Vacation Bible School different. <laughs> I would have, you know, I would have preached different messages or I would have talked to somebody differently. So that younger you, the young Z, you know, I imagine a little miniature version of you running around, <laughs> you know, the streets of, of Nashville. Like, who is that person? Like, can describe that person to me. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Tampa. I got, oh, Tampa. I got, yeah, I got to represent. I'm in okay. Nashville now. I'm probably going to move to Atlanta. Who knows? But, um, but in Tampa, Florida, I had this. The reason why I reference it is because I used to, in high school, um, right when I was about to graduate, me and my pops would go downtown. And we would work from 9 a.m. till midnight. And then we'd get home. He'd bring a folding table into my room, working on, like, okay, how do we figure out this social media thing? And I would, from 1 a.m. till 4 a.m., make beats, write songs. Um, Before that, you know, who was the younger Z? Younger Z was making a choice. Who am I going to be? What am I going to represent? Am I going to let everybody who's around me dictate the decisions I make? Mm. Am I going to live like this because this is what I'm told by society I'm supposed to live like? Or my friend group? Or the people who have the most respect? Or the people who live this lifestyle? I'm supposed to be like them? Uh, I, I didn't have the courage at the time to be different. Because I didn't feel like there was anybody I could look to that I related to who was being different. 
I see role models right in there with, you know, some politician or some preacher. And these guys can say, you know, we got to make change all they want. But I see them, and I feel so removed. Like, you don't know me. You don't understand what my life is like. There's so many of us, my generation, regardless of how we look, where we're from, what we've walked through, all of us kind of feel like, well, I don't know if anybody really understands this. Sometimes we feel unseen because there's a lot of people talking about change, but where do we start? Where do we plug in? And younger me was in that place of looking for answers and coming up short, finding nothing. Because when I looked at religion and churches, a lot of it tells you just to be better and, you know, you got to do all this stuff and you got to check in. And a lot of it is hypocritical. I saw that represented in a way where people said they were about one thing and then they weren't. And that hurts to see that reality. And in the world around you, society is telling you, you know, your pain is always going to be a part of you. That depression you have, you're stuck with it for life. You just deal with it. Almost encouraging you to own it and, like, keep it like it's a pet or something. And they're also offering you distractions, whether it's serious, right, like escapism, you know, getting into drugs, or whether it's, like, simple as social media. Everywhere around you are free distractions, escapism, but no solutions, Younger me was looking for solutions. Younger me would have done things differently if I had somebody that I could relate to who said, okay, there's a different way. There's an alternative to what you're doing right now, and I figured it out because I'm starting to live it, so let's do this together. Let's live it as well. Wow. I, I'm thinking about my life. My, my struggle, which I think is related to what you're saying, is I felt like when the little Milton, right, <laughs> was I've got to conform to an expectation that my family is putting before mm. me or that the world is putting before me. you got to meet a standard. Yeah, it was mostly a family thing. Yeah. Where were you growing up? I grew up in New York. Oh, yeah. I grew up in New York, Long Island, and in a Hispanic family, and it was always like... You're going to get an education, you're going to go to college, you're going to make money, you're going to make your family proud, mm. and, and you're going to take care of your parents when they get old. That's kind of like the circle, right? Mm. And then when your kids come, you're going to put the same expectations on them. Mm. And, and I found myself to a point where I'm like, something isn't right here yeah. because I'm not, I'm not moved. Mm. I'm not I'm not. I'm not going with a passion into this. And I'm just like, just, feel, you know, checking the boxes, right? And it feels awful, mm -hmm. right? So what do I do instead? Because I'm checking the box and it doesn't feel good, well, then my joy and my pleasure has to be outside of this. So let me go find that. Yeah. Right? And then I'm chasing it somewhere else. And, yeah, it's fun for a while, you know, the party scene and, and you know, all, all the stuff that that brings, but in the end, that's not, there's nothing there either. Yeah. And I'm just like, doing it, and it takes, it, it took me to a breaking point. Like, I'm not finding it in this expectation from my society and my family. I'm not finding it in the pleasures of the world. That's it. Yeah. I don't know where to go. Yeah. I say, okay, this is interesting, because one of the reasons you said in the very beginning, why are we in the same room? You know, mm -hmm. outside looking in, what, what do these guys have in common? You know, why is Z not sitting down with, you know, another 20-year-old rapper guy? Why are you not in the room with another chaplain? What's, what's important about this conversation? The event that we were at when we first met and we started talking, we realized, okay, regardless of generation, background, 
where you're from, what you've been through. People are starting to wake up and feel like something is wrong. Yes. More and more. You look on social media, you look in, in society as a whole, people have this itch they can't scratch. They have this idea, there's something brewing, like, this doesn't sit right with me. And, and for those of you who, you know, like, society is saying, like, all right, here's answers, here's answers, but it's not a solution. It's just, like you said, it's something that leaves you empty. It rewards you up right. front. I was telling one of my homies this the other day. The lifestyle that we are talking about right now, the things that you are doing, they reward you immediately, whether that's with money, whether that's with pleasure, whether that's just escaping the pain because you hate life. Regardless of how serious it is, these things reward you immediately, and then they hurt you in the long run. I heard it put this way. Mm. Check out this one. And it was in relationship to social media, mm. but I think it goes beyond that. It's like when you're in social media, you're getting the candy of relationships. But when you're face-to-face, it's when you're eating the full, healthy meal. And you can survive on candy, but you're not going to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, right? I wonder what that looks like. <laughs> right? Like if we just ate milk duds and Swedish fish all day that's long, a, that's right? That's a unique combo. That feels like going to the movie theaters. Amen, <laughs> man. Popcorn, soda. Yeah, yeah I love it. But, uh-huh. but you see what I'm saying? Like, like the world is offering an, an alternative yeah. that feels good. You can survive on barely, mm. but you're not going to thrive with it. Here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. We're talking about a shift. There's a change coming, right? Yeah. If you are aware, this is the first step. You're listening right now. So you are aware that there is a change that needs to happen. You're aware that something is shifting. So you're awake. You've woken Mm -hmm. up to the fact, you know, it's the matrix. Like you're like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, this this isn't my home. This doesn't feel right around me. All right, cool. First step, check. What happens next? Because like we both alluded to, Religion, church, hypocrisy is not going to do it. If I go to church and I'm not feeling loved because, you know, religion doesn't love me. Religion isn't looking out for me. Religion is telling me what's wrong with me. What needs, you know, like, you know, you, you'll never be enough. That's religion. Society is telling me what's wrong with me. Society doesn't love me either. It's saying, you know, no, no, hey, there is no moral ground. This stuff is all, like... This is what's wrong with you, but hey, like, that's just how it is. Yeah. I I have friends who have been told for years that that depression is always going to be in your fingerprint. That is part of who you are. There is no way out of that. The hopelessness, the the paralysis that comes with feeling like there's no change, this is what I want to talk about. The day-to-day with no end in sight. Now, you're not talking about, you're not saying that depression isn't real. Mm. You're not saying that these issues aren't real, that it's all just in your head. You're saying that there's a better solution, there's a better alternative than what the world is telling you on how to deal with it. I'm saying that your depression is so real that you need something way bigger than yourself Mm. to handle it. Got you. Because I know what that feels like to wake up and not want to be alive. I disassociated for a year. I have two memories for the whole year. Wow. I was so out of it because I felt so purposeless. I know what that feels like. I know what that late night call, 3 a.m., and my homie's talking about the, the pain that he's going through, the, the habits he reverted to because he just has to escape. He feels so overwhelmed, his responsibilities, the things that are piling up in his life. What do I do, bro? I can't do this anymore. The anxiety is so real that something way bigger than you has to handle it because society tells us, no, it's part of you and it's permanent. But you know what? Like, it's on you. 
Like, like there's no solution, like we said. And, and what religion and society have in common, the reason why I keep pointing to these two places is because a lot of times if the society doesn't serve you, you try the religion. And if the religion doesn't serve you, you're trying the society. So whether you grew up in the streets, whether you grew up in the pews, regardless of your background, you're going to choose that other side of the fence at some point, or you're going to look at it and say, okay, what's over there that I could use? Is that going to be a solution? And what happens is people get disheartened because they look and they see none of this works. Here's what gets me excited. Like everything you, you've said, everything I said, here's what gets me excited about this. What we're pushing here, what we're inviting, what mm-hmm. we're inviting people to, this wake up, die, mm-hmm. right? What we're inviting them to, to me, is what's going to change those two things. Exactly. Right? So we're not saying... That, come on. That's, you like that? That's you like hard. that? Okay. Hey, this, finally this said is, something cool. <laughs> All right. Listen, listen. We are inviting you to what's going to change both of those scenarios. Exactly. So we're not saying we got to get rid of this. Exactly. we got to get rid of that. What we're saying is if we make the right choices, exactly. if we live the right life, those two things are going to be a reflection of who we are. Mm. They're going to change to such a degree that it's actually going to change yes. the world. That's what yes. we're inviting people and to. How does that start you have to die yes what do i mean by that give it to him jesus of nazareth not the man-made religion the savior that i follow that changed my life says unless a seed falls to the ground and dies it cannot bear fruit Mm -hmm. what do i mean by that religion won't serve you society won't serve you where do you fit i need somewhere to belong i need a movement to follow Jesus is the name above all names. What does this look like? Who is this? This carpenter from Galilee that has caused all of history to literally pivot Mm -hmm. around his life and death. Yep. He was a revolutionary and a rebel. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. The two things that we want to impact were the two people, right? The two entities, actually, that killed Jesus of Nazareth. Right. The government of society. And the religious, the religious people of that day. Those, the infrastructures that I've made very clear, they're not for us as individuals who are trying to find purpose or trying to find somewhere to belong. They killed Jesus. That's not the end of the story. He walked into the courtroom when you and I had a life sentence, when we had walked away from him, and he said, because you were created to have closeness with God, I've got that. That's my kid. I'm taking that sentence for them. We have freedom through his actions. He lived to show us where do we meet in the middle to die. Mm -hmm. He literally died and resurrected, right? We hear this in church. What does that mean? He defeated death in this dimension here on earth to show us that he paid for what we've done. Everything you've ever done, you don't get right to go to God. You go to God to get right. What did I say earlier? Sin, this word we hear thrown around all the time, oh, I'm a sinner. I I sin. You get rewarded up front and hurt in the long run. That's all that sin is. That's why your Father in heaven, your creator who made you in his image, doesn't want you to sin because he sees that it's going to hurt you. So the answer, how do we reflect change in these two places? How do we shake them to their core, not get rid of them, but impact them? Death to self. Like I said, Mm. this, this... pain that you deal with is real, but it's not part of you. It's part of your story, but it's
but it's not attached to you forever. It can be given to someone else to take it away. That's the death. It's being born again. Mm -hmm. It's saying, I can't do this on my own. I die to my own desires, my own fear, everything that's held me back. I'm choosing a whole new way of life now, and I'm all in. Nice. So that's the wake up die mentality. And that's what we're saying. We're inviting you to be a part of wakeupdie.com. That's Mm -hmm. the place to go. And it's not a website. It's not a conversation. It's a Mm. community that we're building, that we're inviting you to become a part of so that we can all do this together and make the changes that we all see that are necessary for this world to be different. Two examples. Conversations that I've had literally last week. Okay. Uh, a friend who, who grew up around this stuff, this Jesus stuff. He grew up in the church, but he knew, okay, this, this stuff, I, I don't want to represent what Christian seems to represent in the world today, but I know Jesus is the way. I've seen it impact my life. Where do I go? You don't like how Christianity's painted? You don't like how Jesus is painted? This is what I found. Somebody has to paint the new picture. So if you've been following him, this is a call to wake up and die and say, okay, I will follow and I'm going to represent and represent who he is. Mm -hmm. The other conversation was with somebody who's just decided to follow Jesus and has no context with what this looks like. If that's you, all right, I need somewhere to plug in and learn how to do this. That's what this is. Whether you've been doing this for 30 years or three days, we want to provide you, resource you, what I would have needed, younger me, what you would have needed, younger you, the resources to say, all right, I can't do this alone. Now I know you and I are living proof that there's other people, even if it's just us two, who <laughs> feel the way that you feel. So how do we plug in? And, and that's, that's what we're doing right now. WakeUpDie.com, building this community, more of these conversations. We don't want to just say, okay, something's got to change. Bye. This is, let's live life together. I don't have this figured out. I don't have it perfect. That's the beauty of it. God loves me as I am, and he's going to continue to love me as I learn how to follow him and get closer to him so that I can reflect change in the world around me. And what I love, and I've seen this over and over, is when we do this together, like you and I aren't coming in here as the experts on Mm -hmm. this. Exactly. We're coming in with an open heart to say, iron sharpens iron. You know, that's, that's, that's a concept in the Bible, which is just like, you, we make each other better. Accountability. Pushing yeah. for like, so it's that's not it. a New Year's resolution that's over with in three days. No, like, this is a life. Yeah, this is a life we're all going to yeah. live together. Exactly. Right? And to see uh, not just how we, you, you and I, can maybe impact somebody else's life, to see how those lives are going to now impact us mm-hmm. and how we're going to be different in the journey as well and how that's going to affect your music, how that's going to affect my chaplaincy. Who knows what's going to happen? We're not here with a formula. We're here with an experience and a community Mm. that we're inviting you to be a part of. It's as simple as that. Mm. Welcome to the family. That's what this is. We're grateful to get this journey started. I'm thankful because this has been a dream of mine. We had this conversation, and now it's really happening. A place to plug in where you feel seen, where you know that it's okay to be different in order to make a difference, to stand up and stand out so that the world will know the God we follow.